welcome, welcome, welcome into Crossing State Lines. I am Jake, and I'm joined as always by my dear co-host with the co-most. He is my Nancy Travis to my Mike Myers. He's my Mark Wahlberg to my Will Farrell. It's Dave Albiani. Dave, what's going on? Uh, you know, nothing. Just living the uh, the quarantine life. It's it was hailing earlier today in in Massachusetts. It which was interesting. Emily um, just Emily just pointed at me like she heard the JFK conspiracy was verified. I told you it was hailing. She did tell me it was hailing. Emily in her <laughs> brief cameo. Emily, how you doing today? Great. That's fantastic. Um, but anyway, yes, she did call me and say it was hailing today, and I said, well, it is like fifty degrees. But then I was like, well, it really doesn't matter because hail has to do with like the up whatever the stratosphere or some shit like that. I'm not a scientist. I just know that hail, hail. Hail, hail, hail. That's all I got to say about that. Hail happens whenever hail wants. And, Damn uh, right it does. That's right. It's been uh, interesting. Uh, yep, hail, and now it's sunny. It was kind of really windy earlier. Now it's kind of not. Windy. Still kind of windy. Not as windy as it was earlier, though. That's your weather chat here on Cross the <laughs> State Lines. That's the weather update. Welcome to New England. If you're not a listener from here, uh, first off, welcome, because I didn't know we had any listeners that weren't from New England. But second of all... Uh, the weather changes here as at the drop of a dime. As the expression goes, Dave and Emily, if you don't like the weather in New England, wait 10 minutes and it'll change. It really is true. It sure is true. Anyway, uh, Dave, we are doing a little throwback movie review chat here today, uh, keeping it light here on, on the good old CSL podcast. That's the at CSL podcast, if you're following us on Twitter or not. But uh, we're talking comedy, and not the bad kind, like we did the last time we did this. Uh, or the dramas that are really uh, gritty and, and, and dark. We are talking uh, some fun fun fanfare. We're going to start off with uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer, which is the Mike Myers-Nancy Travis comedy from 1993. And then we're going to go into The Other Guys, which obviously is with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, who came out in 2010. So, Dave, prior to this, uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer, it's got a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, critic-wise. I don't think that's changing anytime soon. It came out 27 years ago. Uh, And it's a 68% from the audience, both of which, uh, if you ask me, are far too low. And uh, we'll we'll just dive into kind of our initial reactions to it. I've always loved this movie. This was my pick to do. Um, Well, technically, yeah, it was my pick. Um, I love this movie. I remember watching it with my family growing up. Um, I'm not sure why, because it definitely wasn't... I was not at a suitable age to watch it at that point. But I've always loved it. I'm, I'm a probably a bigger Mike Myers guy than you are. I know that for a fact. But it's it's just... It's really offbeat. I, I don't know... That's probably the best word to describe it. It's not like a conventional... You know, like a slapstick... You know, like Jim Carrey or even kind of a... It's... Mike Myers kind of had his own brand of comedy in the 90s where he you know, does impersonations and is just really goofy, but not to the point of, like, wacky. It's kind of hard to describe Mike Myers' brand of comedy, but I know it's never really been your cup of tea. Yeah, I mean, I've, I like Shrek, but that's not, that doesn't really count. Wow. Um, Austin Powers hasn't really been a, a favorite of mine. I mean, it's not bad. I kind of enjoyed it. I love it. Uh, I, like I, I, did, I didn't like Wayne's World, as you know. And as everyone that's listened to this podcast at least once knows. Um, but yeah. this movie, I think, was kind of was a little underrated. I think you're right. Um, and we'll get into, obviously, rankings and stuff later. But it's it's definitely really quirky. And there's some things that when you watch it, it definitely doesn't uh, age great with the times. Uh, but overall, like I think it's a very easy watch. It's only an hour and a half. So 
I mean, this is the kind of movie that if you're looking to explore and try something different, if you liked Austin Powers or Wayne's World, you'll like this. I mean, this is a typical Mike Myers kind of comedy. Which is funny that Dave says if you like Wayne's World, you'll like this because Dave fucking hates Wayne's World, but he liked this against all odds. Um, but I'm sure Dave would rather watch this than the five uh, Noah Emmerich options that I had put out on the table. Or actually, <laughs> for this week, I was considering... I think I, I might still do it for our throwbacks just because it's one of those options where all of them you're going to hate. So it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think this might be a teaser. You might know where I'm going with this, but we need to expand your horizons, Dave. We do. And mm-hmm. especially in preparation for something else we're going to be doing. So we need to expand your horizons. Oh, my God. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, you sure do. You're you sure do. Well, we'll get to, <laughs> we will... We will get. I, I think you call me a bastard, but we'll steamroll right over that. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. So, so I married an axe murderer. It is like Dave said, a little over ninety minutes long. Uh, it's Mike Myers, Nancy Travis, Anthony Lapaglia, a lot of different cameos in it. Amanda Plummer's in it. She plays. Uh, my God, I would forget her name. Uh, her sister. It's it's uh, Rose's. Wait, is it Rose? No. Fuck. No, it, uh, her name is Rose. No, it's Rose. It's, it's Rose. Harriet's sister. Harriet's sister. Yes. Oh, Harriet. Yes. Yeah. Harriet is Nancy Travis. Rose is her sister. Uh, by the way, this is all spoilers, so you will find out who the axe murderer is if you have not seen this movie. Um, but it's it's it, it's pretty well paced. I think I didn't really find myself checking out how much was left. Uh, again, it's mostly because I love this movie a lot, and I wasn't really anxious to you know get to the end of it. Um, but I think kind of the more, one of the more underrated performances is not only Anthony LaPaglia, but Alan Arkin as his police chief is also pretty funny because he's like the complete opposite of a police chief that you see in the movies. He's just like this really low key and you know, just kind of lets you do whatever you want to do. And you know, it's kind of like, you know, and Anthony LaPaglia like wants him to, I mean, first of all, Anthony LaPaglia looks like Serpico and he wants to be like Serpico. And like I said to Dave, when we were talking off air about this last week, one of the pitfalls of the movie is that there's a lot, and I get that you can't really hold this against it too much, but there's a lot of dated references in it. And, like, Dave and I, not to sound pompous, but Dave and I might understand some of them because we're movie guys, but there are other ones that people aren't going to get. Like, people might be like, who the, like who's Serpico? Like, what, what the hell is he talking about? But, like, I know what that is. You know what that is. Like, it's, it's at least gets, like, a smile out of us. But, you know, like, other people might. Some of it didn't particularly age well in that regard, but... Emily says hi to everybody out there. Emily is waving to you. Ooh, our pizza's baking right now. That's awesome. Again, we're getting the live Domino's tracker updates right next to me, so I'm going to keep people in the loop on that. Yeah, we're going to need live minute-to-minute updates. Yeah, we are absolutely going to need that. But uh, that's fine. Anyway, uh, moving. Just plowing right past that. So, Dave, I was looking at the trivia of this movie, and before we dive into too much of the the plot of it, uh, did you know... Have you read the IMDb trivia about this movie? I have not. Apparently, while they were filming that butcher scene uh, in the in the shop with uh, the the montage, when they're all la- and he's, they're laughing at each other, and Mike Myers is trying to get Nancy Travis to laugh. Apparently, she actually cut off the tip of her finger during that scene. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh my god! And she had to have it. She had it sewed back on, and they like <laughs> stopped production and everything, and. I mean, to quote the Rewatchables podcast, that may be half-ass internet research, but that is I the, the greatest, uh, I guess, harrowing, but also, like, greatest story to come out of it, other than the movie itself. 
Uh, there's rumors that Mike Myers was a dick on the set and that his ego got in the way of stuff and the movie went over budget, which I think it, it probably did. But the story itself is, you know, not strong overall, but it's good. You know, Charlie McKenzie is who Mike Myers plays. He's afraid of commitment. He always finds excuses to break up with his girlfriends. And uh, in this case, he kind of takes a chance on Harriet, even though he thinks that, to go with the title of the movie, she's an axe murderer. And Anthony LaPaglia's character, he even tells Anthony LaPaglia's character, because I forget his actual name, uh, I need, don't, like, don't let me ruin this. Like, don't let me screw this up. And he ends up screwing it up, but gets back into it. But I, I like the, the chemistry between him and Nancy Travis. I thought they kind of worked well together. They were funny together. Mike Myers was his usual self. There were some actual laugh-out-loud moments for me in the movie. I loved, I think maybe the, uh, the X factors of the movie are his parents. Um, they're hysterical, especially since, like, they got the queen pictures up in the bathroom and there's, like, knives in it because they're Scottish, obviously. And uh, his father, apparently, was a character he played on uh, SNL and then he adapted for the movie. But, as I said to Emily, if you listen not so closely, you can kind of tell it sounds like another character he would end up playing later in his career. Yes, yes. Yeah, it uh, is like, it is, a, I would say it's a Shrek impression, but Shrek is like seven years away from existing. Yeah, and it, you can literally hear, if you've seen Shrek before this movie, you can literally hear Shrek in that, like, because obviously it's the same voice, but like you can literally hear it, it's like, yeah. it's identical. Just close your uh, eyes. But, but the dad is like hilarious, like... I think his his like comedic relief and like angry jokes and just like typical kind of nonsense. Like I, like I remember one specific joke when he's like, "Oh, show him the picture of him when he were, of, of him when he was shitting over Niagara Falls." <laughs> it's like, oh my god. <laughs> we uh, in my family would always yell the heed move. Yeah, it's he's got a head like, like Sputnik. But part of what makes that funny too is like, it's like not everyone has a picture like that. Yeah. But everyone has pictures like, oh, man, that looks like crap. And family okay. would be like, oh, yeah, show them that one. Show them that one. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's very relatable in yeah. that way. Um, but, I think it's funny. But I actually, while you were talking, I looked up the budget because I was curious. Uh, budget was $20 million, Yep. Which Mike Myers probably got 12 of that. Yeah. Um, uh, but then the box office was only 11 and a half. Not, not great. Yeah, so this this took a little bit of a bath, especially because this was '93. This was made a little bit of a bath. It soaked. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? I think <laughs> it's like a full-on shower. This soaked. This dipped under the water. I mean, I, yeah, I think maybe my favorite line of the movie because it's the one that comes to mind first, and I laughed like legit, like legitimately laughed out, out out loud at it. Was when his mom was when his mom said, "Did you see the news?" And he goes, "He's like, he's like I don't think you should refer to the Weekly World News as the news." <laughs> <laughs> It just struck me so funny because I forgot that part of the movie that she, like, religiously reads the weekly world news as though it is gospel. And it's, and I was, and Emily was like, what is that? And I was like, it's pretty much the onion of its day. It was like, you know, like, the the, the Bat Boy Lives cover and, like, it, it, like, it's just ridiculous stuff that wasn't, wasn't, yeah, it was like something about a pregnant man was on the cover of that one. It was like pregnant man, pregnant, like, uh, going, due to have triplets or something. It's like the weirdest shit. But, um... I really, really enjoyed uh, that aspect of it. His parents were incredible. Yeah. And then um, this movie also, to me, it's like if you watch this and you think like slapstick comedy, I mean, it's kind of like that. But the jokes are very much like dad jokes, like throwback kind of old-fashioned jokes. Yeah. Like the ones you'd see in like a Chris Farley movie, like 
they're the jokes wouldn't necessarily be made now. Like these are more updated or they're more uh, like recent. There's different things, but like you have t- you have like the driver sleeping at the wheel. Like two words, therapy. Yeah. Uh, like slam poetry. It's like all that stuff is like a lot of '90s references and like in moments from different movies. But like, it still hits. Like it's still funny if you like movies. Uh, so I, I mean, if people are looking for something funny, this definitely has a lot of funny parts. Like you know, I, I wouldn't look go into this looking. All right, like I want to try to figure out who the axe murderer is because it's. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out that it's from a group of people and you can kind of narrow it down as you go along. It's not supposed to be a thriller, but it definitely does hit like a bunch of different notes that makes it funny. Yeah. And this was his, I'm looking at his filmography. This was his second movie. His first one was Wayne's world in 1992. Uh, this came out in 93. So did Wayne's world two. Then in, uh, he didn't make, make another movie for four years till Austin powers, uh, international man of mystery. And then he made three movies in 98, 54, The Thin Pink Line, and Pete's Meteor. I have never heard of any of those movies. Uh, 1999, he made The Spy Who Shagged Me, The Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, the sequel. Uh, Mystery Alaska, a movie I feel like I've heard of. It's about a hockey team. Yep. Uh, He was apparently in it, but not enough to be on the poster. Um, And then he made Shrek in 2001, Gold Member in 2002, The Austin Powers sequel uh, in, in Gold Member. Uh, the go oh, and then 2003. He was on a, a bit of a he was on a bit of a hot streak there. Spy who shagged me, Shrek, Goldmember has its fans. I like Goldmember. And then in 2003, he was in the Cat in the Hat. That's all that I need to say. <laughs> really, all I need to say. That have you seen that movie? I have not seen that movie. You save yourself the trouble. It is. Yeah, I, I saw a picture of the of the cover, and I was not interested. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's it is an. Uh, Oh, it's so bad, dude. It's just, it is like the worst kind of acid trip you'll ever have in your life. Uh, but he made Shrek 2 in 2004, bounced back. That's good. Uh, and then, I would say, absolutely torpedoed his career with the Love Guru, and he's never really been in anything since. He's had bit roles here and there, but other than that, I mean, he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Remember that? He was in that for like 10 seconds. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just... Uh, it's, I would say, Mike Myers' peak. He had, it's, he had kind of a couple of peaks. The early 90s to uh, yeah, 92, 93, and then 97 to, like, 2001 with Austin Powers and Shrek. The first two Austin Powers, I think, are great. Shrek, the first one, is really good. I like it. So, like, those are probably the two peaks. Dave would probably take the second one because he hates Wayne's World, but I would pick the Wayne's World peak probably because I like those two movies and this one. So I'll take that peak, but I, I would understand if you took the Austin Powers one. No, I mean, I, I think majority of people like Wayne's World more than Austin Powers. So, I mean, I would say that was his peak, which which really makes it interesting that the like the notes that he was a dick on set and he thought he was better than it. Because Wayne's World was the first movie that he did, yeah. and this was the second. So, like, it's it's astounding to me that that someone would go from that to, like, basically, because when you go into the set for the first movie, I, I can't. I assume I can't imagine that someone would be uh, arrogant or um, like cocky about their abilities. Doesn't mean they weren't, but um, and then you go into it, and he's kind of like you said, he's kind of had a lot of ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys. But like the the peaks were not very long. Like the valleys are much longer than the peaks for his career, yeah. and it's very interesting though because his roles are very iconic, like Shrek, uh, Austin Powers, and then obviously in Wayne's World, like if you count like all those peaks and you, and you disclude axe murderer because it's not really a peak, 
for a lot of people. It's not also like, not really a memorable by name character. Yeah, like if you if you put up those tent poles as far as all right, this is what he's really been good at. You'd think this guy was a highly highly success, uh, successful movie actor. In reality, it's really just a couple really big hits. You ever notice how like those big comedians like Jim Carrey, Mike Myers, like just those two come to mind, but like they're some of their biggest movies, they play like the title character. Like it's never a movie where it's like a title and it's just like a character in the movie they play it's always like the mask ace ventura austin powers shrek wayne's yeah. world like it's oh it might just be a comedy thing or a, a general thing the truman show like all these movies like it's always that might just be a more general movie thing but like you know it's i don't know it's just something that came to mind just a, a thought i was like mike myers is unique and i'm like wait no he's not because all these other guys do the same thing but i mean i i think it's very um I think certainly it plays more to the comedy aspect. Like, even when you don't have a specific title character, like Liar Liar, and you have Black Sheep for Chris Farley, like, you have specific aspects that directly point to the main character. But I think as far as, like, Michael Myers and Jim Carrey, those are two guys. I mean, you could even go The Grinch with Jim Carrey. That was a pretty big hit as far as money-making. It wasn't a great movie. But it was- Not a great movie. I, I will yeah. say I don't, I don't mind The Grinch. I don't mind it. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it that much. No. It was, like, somewhere between, like, all right, I saw it. I didn't, like, hate it. I didn't love it. No, I get that. Um, so, I guess what, 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 so the ending, I know, I, it, this, again, the story isn't, like, overly memorable. He does slam poetry. He meets Harriet. She works in a butcher shop. What is he out there? Yeah, it's right awesome. here. Look at that. Um, he meets Harriet, uh, helps her at the butcher shop. Dave... I, t- I said to you, just to remember it, because they, first of all, there's a lot of, like, they, they use a lot of music of the time in this movie, that's for sure. Yes, And yes. they use There She Goes, for, first of all, by the Laws. They also use a cover by the Boo Radleys. Uh, so they use that song, I swear to God, three times in the first 35 minutes of the movie. And I'm like, yeah. either they love this song, or they paid a shitload of money. For the song, and they're like, 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 kind of like Thor Ragnarok uses immigrant song like fifty times. Yeah. This movie used there she goes. Like, they they definitely got their money's worth on the licensing. That's for sure. But it's that it's, it's a movie definitely very stuck in the early early just going into the mid nineties. Like you can tell this movie is from nineteen ninety three. Like there's a lot of telltale signs, and another telltale sign that this is from nineteen ninety three. Is one very special cameo in this movie, Dave. Yes, it is. Indeed. We get, and he literally just hops on the screen out of nowhere. And it's Michael Richards at his, uh, maybe not his Kramer peak, but ascending to that Kramer peak, uh, 1993. And I mean, he was one of the bigger, you know, one of the biggest guys out there at that point. He was huge. And he was, uh, just had a cameo. He was in and out in like three or four minutes and that was it. But he was essentially playing Kramer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, much more angry Kramer. Um, yeah. Uh, which was very strange to see his character be. His character, um, although thinking back to it, I remember he was in like Problem Child, I think one or two. Oh, I don't remember that. Which is, uh, he was a villain in one of those movies. I forget which one it was. But um, yeah, this this movie is has like a lot of those references. And it, it like when you see Michael Richards in it, it yeah. just kind of blows your mind. Yeah. Uh, like, one of my friends had told me that he was in this, so I, I kind of expected it, but you had watched it uh, on your own and not known that, like, or not remembered. It's yeah. just the last thought. Didn't remember and that. 
it's crazy because it's a very different feeling because when he when you watch Seinfeld, he was so popular that people would cheer every time he came in, yeah. and they eventually have had to stop, had to tell people to stop cheering because it was throwing off the, the timing with everything, with everything. And in this role, it's like he comes on the screen and he just like slowly, slowly gets angry and angry with every single thing that he says. Yeah, he's he's something else, man. And yeah. he storms off. He does. Yep. He's uh, he's in and out like a demon's whisper, as Dennis Reynolds would say. Uh, so Dave. The ending, we find out Harriet, not an axe murderer, it ends up being her sister Rose, who's offing all of her husbands, and it leads to a pretty cool action set piece on the roof between Michael Myers, Michael Myers, that would be, that would be an interesting movie, Mike Myers and, uh, and Rose, she ends up fall, almost falling off the roof, Anthony Lopaglia's character saves her, and they save the day, they're rescued and all that stuff, and the movie ends there, soon thereafter. Uh, but shout out Stephen Wright, Stephen, not the pitcher, not him, uh, <laughs> Stephen Wright, the comedian, Rhode Island native, shout out to him, he was the pilot, another in and out cameo, uh, but I will say a lot of those people I read on IMDb, this could be true, could not be true, maybe Mike Myers put it there himself, but a lot of these people cameoed in the movie just for the opportunity to work with him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is uh, a good thing, and like you said, I thought it was, when you told me because we had obviously talked, you would watch this before I did. And when you started talking about like, oh yeah, I played There She Goes like so many times. And I was like, oh, it's probably like one, maybe two times. And then you hear it the third time and you just start laughing because it's like, this is one of the most ridiculous things. But then uh, the more you learn about movies, the more you know that the more something is in there, the more money they paid for it usually. Like it goes with actors, obviously, like the more you pay an actor, the more they're in there because you're getting more value out of it. But uh, the music, the soundtrack is uh, very, very 90s. Oh, very, very 90s. Very 90s. Uh, so, Dave, let's do a quick uh, quick three-movie draft for Mike Myers. Um, okay. So we're going to pick a three-movie. I don't think he has a strong enough lineup for five, so we'll just do a three-apiece type deal. Um, if you go first on this one, I'll go first on Will Ferrell. So which one do you want to go first on? Um... I'll go first on Will Ferrell. Oh, how kind of you. You're such a gentleman. Uh, <laughs> dick. Uh, all right, so I am going to Actually, go... you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm holding up a number, a one or a two. If you get it right, you can pick. All right, well, I'm not even... It's There's up the ante because I'm actually staring at the garage band thing right now, so Dave could be putting it on the screen. I couldn't even tell. Um, so if I get it right, I get to pick. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say you're holding up a two. Yeah, you. I, yeah, I was on the two. Yep. All right, I'll go first on Will Ferrell then. So I'll cede the floor to you, All Dave. Right. What movie would you like to pick? <laughs> and we can do uh, we can do uh, anything he had uh, a role in, right? Even if it's a minor one. Of course, of course. You're okay. gonna. I know where you're gonna pick. Okay. You're gonna be fucking Inglorious Bastards. Uh, I am gonna pick Inglorious ba- yeah, Bastards. Yes. Okay, that's fantastic. Great movie. He has. A, I will say, probably the last thing he was good in. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like I had to. I can't blame you. It's a great movie. Uh, I will start off with Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. That's my first pick. Um, And we're not going to do Snake. It's only three picks, so we'll just go back and forth. Um, This is, I mean, I do love Wayne's World. You know that. But I would still say this is probably my favorite of Austin Powers. My favorite. um, Damn, it's tough. I do love The Spy Who Shagged Me, but I love the Austin Powers series overall. So I'm going to pick the first one. 
All right, so my second pick is going to be Shrek, the first one. Damn, you bastard. <laughs> Not Shrek the third or Shrek Forever After? Uh, Shrek Forever After was, was up there, but I, cho- I chose the first one. Or Shrek 2. Wow, crazy. Um, I am going to pick... Well, I can just leave Wayne's World on the board because I know your ass isn't going to take it. What? You're, okay. Um, I know you're not going to take it. So oh, I'm maybe sure, I will. I mean, if you do, you'll never be able to live with yourself, so there's that. Um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take the spy who shagged me. That'll be my second pick. Just going to keep that, that Austin Powers run going. All right. Well, my last one, uh, I'm going to take Bohemian Rhapsody. Get the hell out of here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're not really taking that. I mean, I kind of have to. It's either that or take Wayne's World. Dude, Shrek 2 is a good movie. Uh, Shrek 2 is okay. That's, that's, that's bollocks right there. All right. You know what? You know what? I can live with myself more if I take an, a mediocre movie over a singing movie. So I'll take Shrek 2. That's, I mean, that's not really, he doesn't really do any singing in it. He might, he might sing more in Shrek 2. <laughs> I know, I know he doesn't, but I, I like Shrek. Plus, I like Eddie Murphy and his, uh, how they play off each other. So I'll take that. I'll take Shrek 2. Plus, Eddie, then they can have the first two. Those are the really the, the dominant properties in that series. Eddie Murphy, the man, the myth, the legend. Eddie Murphy. Uh, I, I thought about Cat in the Hat, though. Let's be real. Okay, well, I mean, obviously. I thought about the love guru for my last pick, <laughs> but because I'm a sane person, I'm going to take Wayne's World uh, because it's a great movie. So that's all that needs to be said about that. We don't need to talk any further about it. Um, Dave, if I gave you a, a list of streaming movies with four musicals and Wayne's World, what would you end up picking? <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, that's what you're going to do. I already know. So Actually, no. Wayne's World is not. I mean, you have to pay for Wayne's World, so I'm not going to make people go buy it. Uh, you actually had to buy the Axe Murderer movie, too, but whatever. We could put that one aside. At least we both liked it. Uh, so, Dave, before we move on to the other guys, uh, what's your score? So this one I was thinking, I had it probably a little bit higher, and then I was thinking so it's a little bit outdated, some of the references are a little tough, and it's not really a movie that everyone is going to enjoy, so it kind of bumps it down a little bit. Uh, and I settled with a, uh, a 34 out of 100, or 34 out of 50. Okay. That's good. Uh, 34 out of 50, that's that's a little bit low for me. Um, I'm going to give it a solid 41 out of 50. It might be nostalgia factor, but I've always liked this movie a lot, and it's, it's kind of, I remember watching it with my family when I was younger, and it's got a special place in my heart. So I'm going to give it a 40, uh, 41 out of 50. Dave, before we move on, I saw on Instagram, uh, Lights Camera Barstool, the Barstool account, posted a, what is your TV show, one of those graphics where you go like month, day, whatever, whatever. So yeah. uh, I'm going to run it by you. Ready? I'll do, you, I'll, yep. do, I'll do you, then Emily, then me. So, Dave, right. you are born in December, right? Correct. All right, so your show is on Disney+. Plus. All right. What day is your birthday? Uh, the 10th. All right, Dave, your show is Starling, Starling, starring Sterling K. Brown. That's not bad. I like that. What percentage is your phone on right now? Uh, that's a good question. My phone is on 74%. Ooh, Dave, you get Mindy Kaling also. Ooh. That's a good and finally, Dave, what letter does your... I know what letter your name starts with. You get a soap opera. Oh, man. So you have a soap opera on Disney Plus with Mindy Kaling and Sterling K. Brown. Emily, you were born in May, so you get NBC. It's a good network. It's a good network. Uh, what day of the month were you born? The 26th. So you get Jim Parsons. Oh. Okay, he's a good actor. He loves a lot of Emmys. I hate Big Bang. But Billy. he's good. Uh, Emily, what percentage is your phone on right now? 100. Emily, you get Steve Buscemi. This is terrible. And uh, the first letter of your name, you get a documentary. 
somehow a documentary with Steve Buscemi and Jim Parsons on NBC. A documentary. First of all, Jim Parsons going on NBC would be a major coup. He's a CBS guy. Yes. All right, so finally and we have... Father would tell us. Oh, Dave, this is going to crush you. I hope you're sitting down. Oh, I'm sitting down. My network is USA. Oh. Characters welcome. What day of the month were you born? Oh, I got Julia Louis-Dreyfus, baby. Let's oh, go. My phone is on, I think it's in the 90s right now. Uh, so I got Steve Buscemi as well. And my genre is a sitcom. I mean, come on, Julia Louis-Dreyfus in a sitcom. That's built-in gold right there. Just give her yeah. another Emmy. I mean, she's got a bunch of them that are highly successful. And she just came off of Onward. I know that's not a sitcom, but... That's right. It's not, but she is good in it. That's for sure. Uh, we should, I think we're going to, we should do something with Onward and Pixar. We were originally going to do that. We can do that next week. But, uh, moving on to our second movie, Dave, we got The Other Guys from 2010, starring Will Ferrell and I th- believe, if I'm not mistaken, Emily's favorite actor, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> well, she didn't hear that. There would have been a reaction there. Uh, so The Other Guys on Rotten Tomatoes has a 78% from the critics, a 60% from the audience. I don't know what the hell's going on there. But um, it is, it's, it's a buddy cop movie. I mean, the, the, the plot is they're two cops who are kind of you know, low on the totem pole, and they're just trying to, you know, t- uh, was it Terry and Alan? Alan Gamble and Terry Stoitz or something like that? Hoyts, yeah. Hoyt, yeah, Hoyt, thank you. Uh, so Alan's there because he's just kind of a, a dope. He's just this you know, pay- pencil-pushing guy. And uh, Terry is there because he shot Derek Jeter, and he's never really been able to work his way back up after that. So they are, the title of the movie, they're the other guys. They're not really the star cops. And the point is, the star cops are, uh, do you remember their names? The, the actual names that they, the characters they played? Danson uh, and Highsmith, right? Yeah, thank you. Oh, my God, the recall on this guy. Um, uh, Sorry about that. Had a little bit of a delay there. Um, yeah, Danson and Heisman, thank you so much. Um, that's Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock. I don't know if that's perspective. I'm not sure. Um, but they are, they're in it for like, what, 15 minutes? But they're great. I love it. Um, I think they're very funny. Uh, they play the like total dickheads really, really well. And they end up chasing these criminals and... Uh, Dave, what is the iconic line? <laughs> Aim for the bushes. Aim for the bushes. And they fist pump, and the Foo Fighters comes on, and then they jump, and there are no bushes anywhere, uh, and they die. They land face first on the pavement, and they die. That's it. Game over. So now those top positions are available, and everybody's jockeying for them, among them Gamble and, and Hoyts. But you also have Rob Riggle, and I'm not sure if his his partner's name but i can't remember the actor who played him either um what's his name oh my god the Waylon, one of the Waylons. um okay okay i forget i forget what his name is now we can look it up but he um (laughs) he (laughs) so first of all rob riggle just just to park on that curb for a second we were watching the hangover yesterday or maybe it was the night before and Emily said, is he in everything, Rob Riggle? Because he pretty much is in everything. He Rob really Riggle is. isn't like every movie that was, every comedy that was made in the 2010s and like the late 2000s, Rob Riggle's been in that movie. He really has. He's been in, he's been in so many movies. Um, yeah. And then it's Damon Wayans Jr. That's oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. And it's uh, Bossy and Martin. 
Falsey and Martin. Thank you. Okay. Um, but yeah, this whole movie, like when you first see it, obviously, you know, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg are like the main characters, but you're like, you're not sure how they factor in right away because I mean, like you said, Samuel and, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Samuel is like obviously the main duo, Danza and Highsmith. They're the main duo. Yeah. And like, obviously they're going to get the limelight. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, that scene of there goes my hero or there goes my hero playing in the background, aim for the bushes yeah. is one of the funniest openers for a movie that I've seen in a long time. Like when I saw it in theaters, I could not stop laughing. It's, and, a, it's a great scene. Yeah, it is. And because when they jump, you're, you're looking around for the bushes. You're like, where are they jumping for? And you just don't see bushes. It's just like, they're like in a park, like way down the street. Like there's just no way that they're going to make that. Um, which at the end, you actually do learn that like people did not think they were good cops. Uh, no. And that's, yeah, it's what Michael Keaton says at the end. Yeah. He's like, you know, Dancing and Highsmith weren't good cops, right? And they're like, yeah. And Mark, uh, but the, the camaraderie and like the, the way that Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell play off each other in this. And yeah. I think a hugely underrated part in this movie is how well Michael Keaton plays off of them. Oh, I'm glad you brought up Michael Keaton, Dave, because Michael Keaton, and this was a movie with Will Ferrell, who was still kind of at the peak of his powers, and Mark Wahlberg, who's a big actor, you know, coming off The Departed, and I think he was in The Fighter around this time. <clears throat> Michael Keaton steals the show in this movie. Every time he's on the screen, he says something funny, and he's deadpan the whole time. And maybe one of the most ludicrous gags throughout any comedy I've seen in the past 10 years is that he just keeps making TLC references. Yeah. And it's like the most random thing in the world, but he just keeps making these references. And uh, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but every time he does it, it's funny. And also, speaking of, I mean, it's not a cameo appearance, Michael Keaton, he's a star of the movie, but Brett Gelman as Christina's husband is there oh, for like God. three minutes. And he has one of the classic lines of the movie when he yells the, uh, you come into my house, you get my wife's name right. <laughs> he's chasing after Will Ferrell. He's like, you come back here, you come back here and make love to my wife. <laughs> I think I think one of the most underrated lines of that whole like reaction is when Will Ferrell leaves the room with her and it's just Mark Wahlberg and him. And he's like, you know, some people may think by the beard that I'm, I'm very hairy, but I'm actually naturally hairless. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good line. It's but, like, in what world would this be an okay conversation starter? Uh, by the way, this movie made $170 million, so pretty good. I mean, at this point, um, or even at the point of this movie, which I believe it came out in, what, 2010? Yes, Does that sound right? 2010, yep. Um, I mean, that's like peak Will Ferrell, and at that point, Mark Wahlberg was still, you know, was still a hot name, too. Uh, and I think Will Ferrell's, like, comedy, just him... And his presence, like, with our age group especially, yeah, is just so strong that anything that has him in it, you pay a lot because you know it just won't flop. So, Dave, I got some trivia for you from this movie. Let's have it. All right, so during an interview on Attack of the Show 2005, writer and director Adam McKay claimed... Uh, well, that, that's when the show started. Well, obviously the interview was in 2005. Uh, writer and director Adam McKay claimed he was initially reluctant to cast Mark Wahlberg. He worried that a more traditional actor like Wahlberg couldn't keep up with a cast famous for improvising... McKay later admitted that Wahlberg adapted perfectly within a few minutes of shooting the first scene. I'm also not a big Mark Wahlberg fan, and I'm maybe not as much as Emily, but I'm not a huge <laughs> fan, but I think he's great in this movie. 
I think I think he's like especially in comedies he's not always great, but this one he's just like incredible off Will Ferrell. Yeah. Great chemistry. Great chemistry. And, was... and, he, and it's great because like they play just like such counter like personalities like at, like Will Ferrell's character, which is Alan Gamble, is obviously like he goes through like a huge wave of emotions. You really have no idea who his character is. Even at the end of the movie, you have no idea. Um, but Mark Wahlberg's always kind of like the stubborn, like prototypical cop. Like, leave me alone. I don't need a partner. Uh, I'm keeping everything inside. I don't need help. Uh, I'm going to get the guy my, myself. Like, you don't need to help me. Partner's code, but you suck. It's like, it's just like the typical, like, cop, loner wolf that you think of in all these movies. And he plays it really well. Um, I, one of the other things I was laughing at is testament to Mark Wahlberg kind of adapting and, and being good at the, the comedic timing. But when uh, when he's just in disbelief that Ava Mendez is with Will Ferrell, and he's just like, no, like seriously, like, like what's like what's going on here? Like what what? And he's <laughs> like, are you and his wife? He's like, he's like, I just want you to know, Terry, that if anything happens to you, I'll I'll be there. I'll be there for her. I'll take care of her. And he's like, like are you, you're like acting like this is a certainty. And he's like, I'm just letting you know, like I'll be, I'll be there for her. Oh, it's so, it's so funny. Um, and, then, and then he's like, uh, they leave, he's leaving the house and he's like, Alan, be ready for tomorrow. Bye Sheila. And he's like, take it easy, Terry. Shut up, Alan. Bye Sheila. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, so the idea, this is off IMDb as the last thing was, uh, the idea of teaming up Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg came about at the Academy Awards in 2007 Apparently, Will Ferrell was viciously insulting other actors as part of a bit, but became extremely polite to Mark Wahlberg. Um, and here's a here's a trivia question for you, Dave. This is Will Ferrell's second highest grossing film. Do you know the first one? Oof. I don't. I know it's not. I'm pretty sure it's not Anchor, either Anchorman, and I'm pretty sure it's not Elf. Oh man, because Elf, they weren't really sure how it was going to do at the box office. Um. It is. Oh man, I have no idea. Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'll go. I'll go with. Uh... I'll go with Anchorman one. I guess I'll go with that. You were you one of the movies you mentioned is it? It's Elf. Oh really? Elf oh, made man. Elf made a shade under two hundred and twenty one million dollars. I, I bet you um, I bet you his movies like at least half of them are probably within the eighty to to two hundred range from for a profit. Yep, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, also, the storyline of Will Ferrell being a pimp in college. I forgot about that for some reason. That that was like a very clever add on, yeah. but it also felt kind of forced. It did feel a little forced, but it was it was worth the payoff when he was like embodying the Gator spirit at the end of the movie. Yeah. He's like he's like Get doing the voice. Back, <laughs> like what the hell? It, like it's that's really when Will Ferrell's at his best when he's just being an absolute fool. Like he's one yeah. of those slapstick guys. Like that wouldn't play well in like the the Mike Myers kind of realm, I don't think. But yeah. unless he's like in a costume or something. But yeah. that is like Will Ferrell's signature is just being as much of a wacky goofball as possible. And I, yeah. No, I was gonna say I I think. An extremely funny part that you forget about until you watch it is Dirty Mike and the Boys. Oh, that's right. That's it's just isn't, that, like, isn't that Adam McKay? It's just, yeah, it's just an absolutely hysterical part. He's yeah. like, hey, you guys want to come with us? We're going to have sex in this Prius. We're going to have an orgy in this Prius. <laughs> and the guy's like, hey, are you Dirty Mike and the Boys? 
He's like, we will, and they run away, and they're like, we will have sex in your car again. <laughs> there were a lot of great, either major or minor appearances by actors, like Andy Buckley, David Wallace, a Crossing State Lines Hall of Famer for the side character Hall of Fame. Uh, he plays the, the SEC lawyer, I think. Yeah, he does. And he, in another scene that is you know, not exactly funny in the right way, but it's uh, te- uh, Alan saying that he doesn't, he's, <laughs> he doesn't think that he's man enough to jump <laughs> like that's like the worst negotiating tactic ever uh but yeah no the, the uh, just to add on the, the line that he literally said the words were perfect he's like a lot of people are murmuring down here that you don't have the balls to do it <laughs> he's like don't worry i took i took i i know how these things go he's like oh he's flying and then all of a sudden obviously he dies but um steve coogan also very good in this movie he plays kind of the main uh not villain but he's no, he's certainly not a good person. That's for sure. Um, he's funny. I like Steve Coogan and most things he does. Uh, he's he's pretty funny. He's the the British actor. Um, there's other ones I know I'm missing because there's just there's so many people that go in and out of this movie. Um, oh man! But that's uh, overall, it's just such a a well written, well put together comedy, and it begins and ends with the chemistry between Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. They are just so good together. In that, and they and on it, and it's obvious to those who watch it, they end up kind of flipping roles by the end of it. Where Mark Wahlberg is a traffic cop and he's okay with that kind of like milk toast life, and Will Ferrell's the one who's like he just walks straight up into Michael Keaton's into Gene's office and says, "Give me my gun," and he just, just storms off. And it's such a cool role reversal, but it was obviously necessary to further the plot of the movie. And I thought it was it was really funny and he's <laughs> like a. He's like, obvi- I, the one line I had a problem with was when he said that the gun was obviously made of wood when clearly the gun was real. Yeah. And I'm like, that gun's not made of wood. You could tell. Like, the one that was made of wood was brown. That gun is black. It looks like a gun. And he, it's, there were a couple of lines here and there, but I think when you look at Will Ferrell's filmography, which we're going to do a, a little bit of a draft in terms of which is, you know, what's his best work, but it's one of his best things. And honestly, it might be the last great movie he ever did. Yeah, I mean, he he's done, like, mediocre to good stuff, but he hasn't done a great movie in a while. And I think, uh, dripping ba- or dipping back to the, the comedy, this there's so many really, really quotable and funny aspects and lines to this movie. Like, this is one of those true, um, when you watch it, like, turn your brain off comedies. Like, oh, yeah. there, is no, there is no thinking in this movie. And, uh, like... Them getting robbed and them taking the shoes all the time. Uh, like, Alan keep getting downgraded from a gun to a wooden gun to a rape whistle. Yeah, that's right. He took, he's like, you're giving me my gun back? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, you're getting the rape whistle. And, and then the more, the first time he gets robbed and he's like, actually, you know, you might want to send him a thank you note. He actually polished this with varnish. It looks really nice. Yeah. Um, and then I think my favorite was, uh, which is a Michael Keaton line, which is when he's working at Bed Bath & Beyond. And he's like... Oh, you know, first of all, big news. The new bath mats are in. And everyone starts cheering. Yeah. And then all, he's like, and also another story. There's a, there's a serial rapist on, on uh, Third Avenue. And he's like, oh, you know what? Sorry, that's my other job. Don't worry about that. But, but also, walking bears. Yeah, but also, walking bears. <laughs> he, he adds that in. He's like, but also, walking bears. Yeah, it's just, uh, there's so many just great classic lines that you can, like, throw back to. Uh, so, Dave, his filmography passed the other guys. Uh, so also in 2010, let's just say 2010, 
Uh, he yeah. also did the other. He did the other guys. He did Megamind. He did Everything Must Go. I like Everything Must Go. If you haven't seen it, Dave, I recommend it. It's, it's kind of like a more somber movie, but mm. it's pretty good. Uh, I haven't seen Megamind, but I've heard good things about it. So past that, the major motion pictures. Uh, you have the campaign, which I was disappointed with. Um, you've got the internship, which I never saw. Apparently, it was an uncredited role. He was in Anchorman 2, which I don't hate, but I don't love either. It's not great. Um, see, he was in the Lego movie, but I don't really... I don't know if I can count that as a great role. Because it wasn't really like a, a traditional Will Ferrell role. If you want to count that, it's a great movie. But, I don't know, where do you fall on that? Um, I don't know, I, I think I'm more with you. Um, I think when I think of Will Ferrell, like... I, I just feel like I'm looking at a comedy... Yeah, and it doesn't mean he can't do dramas and he can't do thrillers or whatever because I mean he's an actor so I think if you really pushed him to do it he would but it's also something about knowing where where the bread is buttered so to speak which is like knowing where your strong suits are and just because like you're a really funny guy and you do really well with comedies doesn't mean you're pigeonholed that way it just means that you know your strengths so I think a lot of times we we somehow put people into a box but it's also like they're choosing some of the time like like Jim Carrey is a great actor, but he's not as good of a serious actor as he is a comedy actor. No, so, but like, he is well, a pretty good serious actor. He is, but like when you look down the line, like um, like Chris Farley, you have Will Ferrell, you have Adam Sandler, like all these guys. Like Adam Sandler obviously did a great job at Uncut Gems, but he's forever going to be Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, uh, Mr. Deeds. Like he's uh, forever going to be those guys. Excuse me, Robbie Hart, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Lego Movie, I don't, we're not going to count that for the sake of the argument. I don't think that really counts. But, he also um, had such a tiny role in that, really. Yeah. I know he's like the, the angry, evil boss, but right. like... Um, Get Hard, never saw it, never going to. Daddy's Home, piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, Zoolander 2, never going to see it. Yeah, Emily and I saw Daddy's Home in theaters, not good. Not my choice. Nope, it wasn't her choice, but it was free tickets, so we didn't pay for it. The House, I never saw it. Did you see that? No. Do you see The I've House? Seen all, I've seen all these movies, yeah. You saw Get Hard? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, you see Daddy's Home, too? I did. Get your, You're kidding me. You did not see Daddy's Home. <laughs> I saw it. What? With Mel Gibson. No, we didn't know. That's Mel Gibson and John Lithgow. It's like They play the fathers of Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, respectively. It was uh, worse than the first one. Please tell me you didn't see Holmes and Watson. No, I didn't. Okay, thank God. Uh... He was also apparently in the Lego movie, too, but I don't count that. Um, Between Two Ferns, the movie, Downhill. Again, so not really a lot of great movies, but that doesn't matter. But, Dave, we're going to look at the Will Ferrell movies that came before that, probably, because uh, we're going to do a little draft, a five-movie lineup, because he has a definitely a bigger, more respected filmography, probably, than Mike Myers does. Uh, and since uh, looking around the room, uh, I get the first pick in this one. So I will... Uh, I mean, we know what the first two picks in this draft are going to be, right? At least I think we do. I mean, I think I think I know my picks. Actually, I, now that I think about it, you might take. I thought you might, because okay. First of all, let me let me state: I'm taking Anchorman as my first pick, because I think as much as I love Step Brothers and I think Step Brothers is hysterical, I think Anchorman is his best movie by never not a mile, but like a quarter mile. It's his best movie. So Will Fer- with Anchorman is one of the funniest movies I've ever. The first time I saw Anchorman, I. I don't think I've, I don't know how many times I've laughed that hard. So I got to go with Anchorman first. And you know I'm going to take Step Brothers. I knew you were going to take Step Brothers. I, I, in fairness, I was going to take whatever one you didn't take. 
Okay, I but I figured we'd be stepbrothers because, but then I thought maybe, uh, it would be my second pick, which is clear as day. Elf, Elf's gotta be my second pick. Emily loves that pick, but I knew she would. Elf really? is, I mean, oh come on, dude, Elf is fantastic. Over El- old school. Oh yeah, I mean I like old school, I do, but old school to me is not as rewatchable as Elf is. Even out of season, Elf is rewatchable. To me, at Elf, least. Yeah, Elf is rewatchable all year. That That's a good point. Um, but what, I mean... So is that your next pick, I'm guessing? Uh, I, I think so. There's so many good ones. There though. really are uh, so many good ones. It's like when you when you go down his list, you're like, you're looking at it and you're like, there's probably, we could probably do 10 each. Um, we could, probably, yeah. I'll, I'll go old school. Yeah, I really liked old school. I thought he was hilarious. Frank man. the Tank Ricard, baby. Frank the Tank. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> uh, all right, so this might be controversial, my third pick. Because right. he's he's not the leading star of the movie, but he plays a very significant role. I'm going to go with Zoolander. That's fair. That's I, fair. I love Jacobin Magatu, dude. He's such a good character. He is so funny in that movie as the villain. He really doesn't play the villain very often in movies, but in this movie, he really hammed it up, and he is so damn funny in this movie. So I got to go with Zoolander. I'm going to go with a different... I'm going to go a little off the board here, and you're probably going to be surprised. I'm going to go Wedding Crashers. I knew I think it. I knew you were going to absolutely go. hysterical. Chat, he, talk about one of the all-time great cameos in movies. I mean, I know he was in it. He's in it here and there, but like that, that scene in it with the with the meatloaf, like it's hysterical every time. That, that line is like... Could you think of a more like weird food to be like warming up for a guest that just randomly came in than yelling <gasps> about meatloaf to your mom? It's like... That's gold. Oh, it's so fun. I don't I have to wonder how many times it took them to film that scene. There's no way they did that in just a few takes. They were probably laughing their ass off too. Had to have been. Um so that was three. Who's pick? That was your pick? Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna take Talladega Nights. Which That's a good pick, yeah. Which I I might like it more than most people do. I thought everybody loved it. I guess not everybody loves it. They like it. I Emily doesn't like it that much. I love Talladega Nights. I think it is. I mean, the the Southern accent shtick gets pretty old, but I think it's. There's so many quotable lines in that movie. I quote that movie with my brother all the time. You know, back when we could still see people. But I used to quote that. I used to. I still quote that movie to my brother all the time. I love Talladega Nights. It is still. I think it one maybe one of his most underrated movies because it is kind of a shtick that he's playing up. But it's it's a really good shtick. I love it. And also John C. Riley's fantastic as well. He, yeah, no, you're 100% right there. Um, are, we, are we including just movies in this or no cameos in, like, SNL? No, just movies. Okay, because I was going to say I, I would take one of the SNL cameos, but... Um, we, could do a whole, I, we could do a whole episode about his best SNL sketches. I know, we could. Um, we could. Which, you know, light bulb, but we yeah. might do that sometime, in, yeah, at some point. Uh, I'm going to go other guys. I'm going to go the other guys. Damn it, I was hoping that might slip under the wire. I was really hoping it might. I was, I was looking at my list, and I'm like, oh, man, I forgot. The movie we just talked about. Hold His on. character's just so good in this. It's just like, I can't overlook that. It's so good. Hey, everybody have a great Monday. Yeah. Let's, let's everybody Except, have a day hey, out there. Terry, I did my first desk pod. That's a thing, right? No, it's not a thing. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the last pick, right? No, I, we, yeah. both, we, no we both have one left. This is my last pick. Yes. This is tough, Dave. This is tough. But you know what? 
I'm going to go with another movie that I think doesn't get enough respect, and I know you're never going to take it, so it's not a worry. Daddy's home, right? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, I think, if, Tal- I mean, Talladega Nights is underrated to me because I think people should love it. This movie, I think, is actually underrated because I don't think people like this movie, and I know you don't like it all that much. I'm going with Blades of Glory. I love yeah. Blades of Glory, dude. I have not seen it in so long, but if it was on TV, I'd pop it on. And it, I think, I mean, it is, I mean, it's it's stupid, and I don't love John Heater that much, but it's got Will Arnett, Jenna Fisher's in it. Um, I, wait, no, is, is Jenna Fisher or is Amy Poehler I'm thinking of? I think they're both in it, actually. Uh, I, I know Amy Poehler is. I think Jenna Fisher plays the love interest in that. Hold on, now I gotta look it up to be. I know. I, I can look it up. Hold on, I got I got it. I'm I'm already I'm already in the, the search bar here. Blades. Oh, I'm already in Blades of Glory's IMDb. Oh, you bastard. You're right. They're both in it, yep. Okay, and yeah, but Amy Poehler and, and Will Arnett, who were married at the time, they play like that evil brother and sister uh duo. And they're pretty have you seen Blades of Glory? You gotta see Blades of Glory. It's actually that the uh we're gonna skate to one song and one song only is from that movie. That's where it comes from, and the uh, the oh, really? it gets people going. It's provocative. That's from that movie. That's where they get it from. Because I think Kanye West is like a huge Will Ferrell fan, but um, also only an hour and a half. It's got a good Rotten Tomato score, seventy percent, uh, sixty eight from the audience. It's good, but I think John Heater brings it down. If it was somebody else in that side role, it probably would be better. But I really do John love. Heater. What was it? John Heater sucks in that movie. Yeah, John Heater sucks. He really is the one thing that brings it down. Um, Still coasting off that Napoleon Dynamite goodwill. Uh, but overall, I think it's a, it's a good enough movie to great movie just because of Will Ferrell himself. Uh, so I'm going to close out my lineup with Blades of Glory. So I think that means I have Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, Elf, Zoolander. Uh, oh, God, what was the fourth one I picked? I already forget. Nope, Dave did. Um, damn it. What was... Probably uh, Talladega Nights, thank you. It was Talladega Nights, and then uh, my fifth pick was Blades of Glory. So what's your last pick, Dave? This is this one's tough for me because I know a lot of people don't like the uh, kicking and screaming. Yeah. But I think the character's pretty funny in that. Um. Oh man, I don't like the campaign. I'm with you on that. Not I think that was wildly overrated. Saw in theaters like was, was very disappointed. My brother likes yeah. it, but I don't. Um. I, I think I'm going to take Anchorman 2, though. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. I kind of like Anchorman 2. I thought it was pretty quotable. I don't think it's like a, his top comedy movie, but I, I thought there was some funny jokes in there. And I love Brick Tamlin, so if I get more Brick Tamlin interacting with Ron Burgundy, I'm happy about that. So I'll take I'll take Anchorman 2 as my last one. Um, That's not bad. I will say, I don't know if I've ever seen Emily laugh harder in the theater than with the Dobie scene. When he lets Dobie go into the water and he's singing the Dobie, oh, Dobie. <laughs> I don't think Emily's laughed ever, ever laughed harder in the theater than that moment. It's literally one of the, it, there's some like, like I said, this the movie is not that good itself, but there's so many like really small, funny parts in it that it's like you walk out thinking, all right, it's not a complete trash movie, but it had some funny parts. Sure does. Sure does. Um, well, uh, the only thing left to do, Dave, is uh, give a score on the other guys. What uh, was your score for the movie? So the, I've been de- debating back and forth. I know a lot of people like love this movie, and I'm up there with it. But I can't. I don't think I can give it an A. So I'm gonna give it a 44 out of 50. Um, 
48 out of 50. 44. 44. Oh, my God. I misheard that. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to go a notch higher. I'll say it's a 45 out of 50. I think it's a highly rewatchable, very, very funny, and uh, I'm going to give it a 45 out of 50. So that's, uh, that's, that's my pick on the other guys. So, Dave, the only thing left to do is pick our movies for the next throwback review. And uh, do you have your list of five? I have my list up. All right. What do you got? All right. So I went a little bit off the board here. I tried to get one or two from every app that I had. So I have Glory Road from Disney+. Plus. Okay. I have, I don't know if this is still on there, so I'm going to have to check, and it obviously will substitute if we have to, if you end up picking it. But I have um, Adjustment Bureau from HBO. Okay. I have uh, Hotel Mumbai from Hulu. All right. I have four, I have uh, Warrior from Prime. Okay. And I have Naked Gun from Netflix. So, what was the other thing? Actually, let me replace Naked Gun because I think that might have gotten taken off. Okay. Um, so I'll give you a different choice there. I'll throw in. Uh, I'll throw in Scream Two. All right, I'm gonna go with either Hotel Mumbai or Scream Two, and I'm really hoping you take Scream Two. <laughs> I'll take Scream Two. It'd be a good one to talk about. All right, fantastic. So Scream Two is our first one. Uh, Dave, your yes. your options here. I'm actually still pulling them up right now. Uh, all right, so I am in the right section. All right, so you're five, Dave. Are you ready? I'm ready. You have Popeye starring Robin Williams on Netflix. Yep, no reaction to that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. You've got Purple Rain with Prince on Netflix. All right. Uh, Jersey Boys. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, the 2014 film. You also have... Uh, I'm still scrolling down my list here. I think I got a couple. I'm, I'm vamping a little bit. Um, Sweeney Todd. Boy, this is... Dave is just dying inside. I can... I can little pieces of me are dying inside. Really, I could just... I could just hear Dave's soul slipping away. Uh, and the last one is... Drum roll, please. The last one. I'm scrolling till I find one I like. Thank you so much for the actual. Uh, oh, you're welcome. Oh my god, all these are so bad. Um, all right, I'm just gonna give it to you because I know you're not gonna pick it. Uh, Miss Americana, the Taylor Swift documentary. <laughs> Jesus. What are your Does two, that Dave? Oh, that documentary. That doesn't count. That's fine, that, Dave. You're not gonna pick it anyway. Yeah, but I need a fifth choice. Oh That's not a legitimate choice. All right, fine. Your last one is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, man. Okay. It may as well have been a documentary. Yeah, that's what um, I So, wait. So, what were the first four again? Oh, you son you of said, a bitch, Dave. I don't have an actual list written down. Uh, you, the, said, you said Popeye. Popeye, said Purple Rain, Jersey Boys, Jersey Boys Sweeney, Todd. Sweeney Todd, and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I'll take Popeye as one. Okay. And, oh, my God. <laughs> Definitely not Sweeney Todd. Thank God. I, I, I hate Sweeney Todd so much. Emily wants you to do Jersey Boys. It's between Jersey Boys and what was the other one? Purple Rain. Oh, man. I think I've seen Purple Rain, actually. Wow. Um. Oh, God. I know you're going to pick whatever movie I'm picking now is the, is the choice. Oh, That's I, the thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even remember the first one you said. 
I said Popeye. Yeah, it's not going to be Popeye. That's for sure. Oh, my God damn it. All right. I'm going to remember this next week. Um, all right. I'll t- damn it. All right. I'll take, I'll take Jersey Boys. I got to say, what an incredible throwback duo. You have Scream 2 and Jersey Boys. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what was it? This is rough. Can I watch it with you? you uh, yeah, you're going to watch it with me. You're not, not, not can you. You're going to watch it with me. But a plot twist. Plot twist for Emily. What? It's on Netflix. Um, it is. Yes, it is. Wow. Plot twist for Emily. Uh, she also has to watch Scream Two. No. <laughs> it's okay. Scream, it's a good movie. Been... Watching Cats. Oh well. We're, at, we're by the way. Update on the live watch of Cats. We're gonna figure out a time to do that. Uh, we have to because I I did promise the public, and the emphasis on I because Dave had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I would not have promised the public that. And you know, that's because <laughs> that's because Dave is an honest man. <laughs> and yeah. I don't I don't know, no, I don't like that. Um but uh yeah, Dave Dave would definitely not have signed off on it, so that's Does why Dave I put not that on like there. Frankie Valley? Dave, do you not like Frankie Valley? Mm-hmm. I mean I don't have anything against him. Dave doesn't really like music all that much. I thought I did. No Dave? Yeah. You kidding? Dave doesn't like me. Dave runs to podcasts. Like- Old, I um, do. I mean, yeah, the music he does like is like classic rock and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, not like Frankie Valley. I've got a feeling that Hall like I think Dave will enjoy. Like Jer- I think you. I think you'll like it more than you think. Um, I mean, I don't doubt it because I don't think I'd like it any less than I think. That's fair. I d- I, <laughs> I have seen Scream Two though. I do like Scream Two. That's why I picked Scream Two. It's a, it's a good one. It is a good one. I'm glad that's on your list. You've seen it, obviously, right? Oh, I've seen all of them, yeah. Yeah, I heard... I've The things I've heard about the Scream movies is the first... Well, obviously, the first one's legendary. The second one's good. The third one sucks. And the fourth one's okay. Yeah, so maybe I'll throw another Scream on there if I can scrounge it up through Netflix or whatever. Oh, I don't, is, it on still, is it still on Netflix, actually? Scream 2? Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, this this could me, change things. I made this list a couple weeks ago, and I just added a bunch of stuff, but... Let me take a look. Let's also, see. did you see, did you see the uh, the houses? Um, Scream, yeah, Scream Two's on there. Fantastic. So is uh, um, the uh, Scream Two and Scream Three are on there. And Scream. And no, no, you're, that's the MTV series you're looking at. Oh, I am. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's uh. Oh, we could uh, we could throw Candyman in there one day too. <laughs> I thought about putting it on my list. Oh, Candyman, baby. It's a good movie. Uh, it's actually very, very disturbing. But anyway, uh, Dave, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me on the uh, the old Twitter machine, at David Albiani. At David underscore Albiani, actually, I should say. That's correct. That's correct. It's where they can find you. You can find me at Jacob underscore Morocco. You can find us at CSL Podcast on Twitter. Uh, go like, rate, subscribe to all that fun stuff. We are on Spotify right now. I think we're expanding to all the other ones. I think Anchor's distributing us there. I have to check the account and see where we're at these days. But um, you can go, you know, follow us on there. Just you know, to give us all the uh, good reviews, stuff like that. Listen to some old episodes. I'll be trying to upload some older ones uh, as we go on here because uh, we need to move over to Anchor. So uh, I'll try doing that. But keep uh, keep locked in. We'll have some more stuff coming up for you next week. Some Pixar stuff, some more movie review stuff. Jersey Boys, Scream Two. It's gonna be a hell of a time. We'll see you then. <laughs>